my goodness. Can you say hallelujah? It's never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. I'll tell you what, that is uh, exciting to me because um, I need to know some people who have never lost a battle because you know what, Dave? It's just not me. You ever lost some battles? No, no, you've never lost any. Who's lost some battles in the house? You know, he's never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Where we today are actually talking about that very topic here. Our current series that Pastor John has been leading us in is Triumph, Learning to Live in Victory. Learning to Live in Victory. Who could use a lesson in victory and how to walk in victory? Not just visit victory, amen? Come on, we all visit victory once in a while. Who wants to live there? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about learning to walk in and learning to live in victory. Pastor John shared two parts of this series. And last week he told us something very interesting. His big idea, his main idea last week was crossovers bring us out to bring us in crossovers bring us out to bring us in. A crossover is when you make a change. In our current series, we're talking about Joshua and the Israelites and how they crossed the Jordan River. They crossed over. They went from one thing to another thing. And that's what Pastor John was telling us. A lot of times when we come to the Lord and we, we get saved and we get on the path of walking with Christ, sometimes it's easy to think that he saved me from my sins he saved me from the penalty of my sins. He saved me from that, and he saved me from that. But guess what? He saved us from something to bring you to something. He saved us from because he, want, he has something for us, Pastor Johnson. Aren't you glad that when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, that he didn't just, the end of the game was that? Hey, I'm bringing you out. That's the, that's the end plan. That's the end game. I'm bringing you out. Here you are. Okay, now you're on your own. No, no, no. There's a, there's a plan. He brings us out to bring us in. You know, I know what the doctor said to a few of us. I know what the doctor said. I know what came in the mail. I know what the friend said and the mom said and, and all of the bad news, all of the bad news. But aren't you glad living in victory isn't contingent and determined by the circumstances of our lives. Church, whether or not we live in victory isn't determined by the thing we're going through at the moment. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. 1 John 5, 4 says this, that everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith, even our faith. Faith in a God that never loses a battle. Faith in a God that knows the end from the beginning. Oh man, don't you wish he was your, your, your stock advisor, Pastor John? If I knew that, I wouldn't have bought SLV back in 2007. <laughs> Somebody got the bad stock tip there. Never lost a battle, sees the end from the beginning, somebody we can trust. If you or your family 
could use a little triumph in your life. If you could use a little victory in your life, you've come to the right place today, church. Now, with these things in mind, I want to go over four Bible keys that we can use today. Four Bible keys that we can use today to help us walk in victory, to help us walk in triumph and not be defeated up one day, down the next day, up one day, down two days, up three days. Four Bible keys that'll help us to see hope where we've been hopeless, to find help where we've been helpless, and to find healing where we need it. Amen. That's a big order. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your goodness, Lord. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful, Lord, that you are doing something here at the gathering and that we get to be a part of it. Lord, you are good to us. My God, I pray for our people here today. I pray for our, our friends online and watching remotely. Lord, speak to us today. Give us a word in due season. Lord, encourage the downhearted. Bring us all together in that faith that overcomes the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to be looking today at uh, Joshua chapter 4. That's the next passage in um, our little trek through Joshua. Pastor John was in Joshua chapter 3 last week, and, and perhaps you missed the first part of the series. Perhaps you missed last week the second part of the series. Um, you can get those online. They're all online at gatheringchurch.org. You can view them, Facebook page, and, and review them, and all that kind of thing. Avail yourself to that. Let's look at Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among you, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. A memorial forever. Our big idea today is this. Reverse isn't just for gear shifts. Rob, I, I think I caught you nodding there. Reverse isn't just for gear shifts. He wasn't nodding. I just wanted to repeat that again for everybody here. Reverse isn't just for gear shifts. So here's the, the background of the uh, passage here that we're looking at in Joshua. After Moses' death, Joshua was the one 
to lead the Israelites to the eastern shore of the Jordan. And after they camped three days and they got ready for the crossing and, and all of that, the priests, as Pastor John so eloquently said, they, they tipped their toes in the water. Remember, priests went first, tipped their toes in the water, the waters heaped up, and the priests went and stood in the middle of the Jordan, and it said that they all passed on dry ground. Now, I want to tell you just a little bit about how many people that was and what a big deal this is. People who, who measure these kinds of things and, and look at these kinds of things about the numbers and the history and all that, they tell us that there were 600,000 armed soldiers that crossed. Now, that doesn't sound too impressive. It sounds impressive, but not too. When you add in the women, the children, and the old people, and the, the disabled or the ill, you have 2.3 million people. 2.3. So this was no small thing. This wasn't something that was done in a corner. And think about this. This makes it even more interesting. Now you'd think if you were planning a trip across a river that was 100 miles wide and 10 feet deep in some spots, because that's how big it was at the time. I know now it's a, a little bit smaller. At the time, 90 to 100 feet across and 6 to 10 feet deep. Come on, that's a big undertaking with 2.3 million people. You're going to end up with some trouble doing that, right? So, I mean, if I'm God, thank, let's, can we just say, thank God, Dan's not God. But if that, amen. Oh, now he's awake. Um, if that's me, I'm trying to plan that thing for the dry season, right? You're trying to plan that trip for the dry season when it's low, when it's maybe two feet and maybe only 80 feet across or 60 feet, right? Isn't that what we would do? Make it a little bit easier. What does God do? He tells them to go there in the spring. Who knows what rivers are like in the spring? No different in the time of Joshua and the Israelites. The Bible says that the waters were at flood stage. Doesn't tell us specifically what flood stage means, but I'm sure that we can all guess that a river that's 100 feet wide, 10 feet deep at flood stage is just pretty darn dangerous and pretty darn difficult. So what happens? Dry ground. The, the priests of God stip their toes in and there's like a double miracle here, a double miracle, because the waters heaped up like walls while they stood in the middle, and the ground was dry by the time the people came in. So this is like, a because I mean, if the ground is wet, what's happening? They got, they got carts and this kind of thing and that kind of, they're getting, they're getting stuck. They're getting stuck. They're not making it through. They walked across on dry ground. How many can say, man, that's a good memorial? That's a good thing to pile up some stones about, isn't it? So they walked across on dry ground. And I want to talk about key number one with this whole picture in our, in our minds. Key number one is this. Remember to remember. Oh my, I, I know that sounds deep. Doesn't it sound deep? Remember to remember. But I have to remember To look back. And what we're talking about here is we're talking about reflecting. We're talking about reflecting. This is what we mean when we say that reverse is not just for gear shifts. A lot of times we talk about in 
seeking our vision or moving forward or growing. Um, we don't look backwards, we're forwards, right? Well, God tells us to slow down once in a while and remember what he did in the past. And I wanna tell you why he wants us to do that, why he wants us to look back once in a while, why he wants us to remember to remember. Because the things you're going through today, you need to know that the God that's bringing you through the Jordan at flood stage is the God that brought you out of Egyptian bondage and set you free to begin with. Listen to this now. Some of the people there didn't experience that. And some of the people that were coming after didn't have that firsthand knowledge. In some cases, the children of the people who crossed the Jordan would have been two generations removed. So it would have been a pretty far back story. That's why we have to have a memorial so that they have a contact point for a God that can break their chains. They need to have a place where they can put their faith on a God who can bring the healing that they need. You know, I just wanna, I just wanna say, I, I'm willing to bet, I mean, the mind is the place of bondage most of the time. I mean, I'm willing to bet that there are more bound in their minds than are actually sick in their bodies. Sometimes being bound in your mind causes you to be sick in your body. But when there's a God that did something really great in the past, we need to know and we need to remember to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. The God that brings us out is the God that brings us in. The God that healed Sister Mary's marriage is the God that can heal my marriage. The God that healed Brother Billy's brain and brought him out of depression so he didn't have to live in depression is the God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Can you say amen? Hey, if I've not experienced the, the, the huge miracle-working power of God in my life, I guarantee you somebody around you has. And you know what? You can share your faith with somebody else. You know, Pastor, I can go up to somebody and I can say, hey, I had this thing going on, I had this thing going on, I had that thing going on, but God, that happened to you? That happened to you? Wait a minute, you mean you know that God? That God that I've been hearing about all this time is actually working and doing something in your life? Oh my goodness, that's a point of faith for somebody else. We need to remember to remember because when we reminisce and we remember about the good things that God did yesterday, it reminds us and it affects today and how we live. Libby and I, um, you know, we got these, these, these cell phones, right? Everybody has them. And I'm telling you, I got more pictures on this cell phone than I think I could ever look at in a year, Kenny. But you know who has more pictures than me? Do you know how many pictures Libby has on her phone? Please remind me. 14,000? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's had to upgrade our data plan like 17 times. They've actually had to tell her we're gonna have to create a new data plan so that we can keep you as a customer. 
14,000 photos, so Libby likes to look back. She likes to remember, and she, she showed me this picture earlier this week. Now, that is my son, Daniel. I don't want to be self-indulgent with these, but I just want to show you what, what happens when you remember, when you remember to remember, when you, when you reminisce. Now, I guarantee you, if her and I were having one of those days, Eddie, you ever have one of those days, brother, when the wife and you just aren't seeing eye to eye? I mean, do I even know this woman? You have those days once in a while, don't you? Do you know what happens in your mind when you're having one of those days and then you look back at this picture from 1985? What, is, what does it do? It, it kind of softens whatever's happening today, doesn't it? It kind of makes you feel different about what's happening today. It, it, it kind of makes the pain of today go away a little bit. It kind of makes you want to reach out to your wife and, and bring some reconciliation. We need to remember to remember because yesterday affects today. What God did yesterday in bringing those two little know-nothings, we were actually married. That was when we were first married there in 1985. And I'm telling you, 18 years old, um, oh my gosh, we didn't have a clue. How many up out here feel like you don't have a clue? You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's, what's up, what's down in the spiritual realm. You're in spiritual vertigo and everybody's talking about this God that knows everything and has everything together. And you're like, what? Am I, did I know a different God? Do I know somebody different? We need to remember the solid things that God had done in the past. I think we have one more fun, fun photo here. Yeah, that's my son again. <laughs> Just for um, this, this little girl here on the left is Katie. All of you probably, some of you, some of you know Katie. That's Katie. And that's my daughter, Brittany, who's in the Air Force. And, and that's my hair. And, and just for all you young people out there, I just want to tell you, get a good look at that beautiful curly head of hair, okay? All of you young people, here's where you're headed. Uh, you, you don't believe me, do you? You're going to remember this day, brother. That nice head of hair you got there. No, but we look back and we remember the past because the past gives us strength to fight another day. The past gives us strength to tap into what God did then. God can do it now. You know what? We can even think about the attributes of God when we are building our memorials because that's what it's all about. It's great that the Israelites had a memorial. I want a memorial. I want to be able to look back and say, that's my God. I want to be able to look back and say that the Lord is my creator. The Lord is my creator. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, now I'm getting some rocks up here. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the self-existent one. When Moses said, who should I tell him sent me? I am that I am. He is the self-existent one. I am 
that I am. I didn't come to bring you healing. I am healing. I didn't come to bring peace to your mind. I am peace. Church, friends at home, there is a big difference between getting something from God and actually knowing the God who is. Going to God and saying, God, I need, give me healing. God, I, I need wisdom. I say, God, let me know you. You are healing. You are wisdom. What's clogging my pipes, God, that's keeping that flow? Lord, let me know you, the God who is self-existent, the God who is self-existent. Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Remember to remember. Number two is this. The struggle is universal. Look at what happens here in, in Joshua 4. Joshua 4, 1 and 2, says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Don't you love the fact that he didn't just take the generals? Don't you love the fact that he didn't just get the priests involved? in this thing, the priests and the generals. What's it say? It says, take 12 men from among the people. No specifying the ranks or the order. Hey, believe me, God had his order. God had the priests go first and, and lead the way as I think it should be. But the people had a part to play in what God was doing. The everyday garden variety people like you and me have a stone to carry in this story. We have a, a part to play in this story. He says, get a bunch of people from among the people. And not only that, you might have a really good looking group over there in the tribe of Judah. So, so some smart guy like me, I'm gonna, go and get, I'm gonna go and get 12 people from the tribe of Judah. These guys are gonna look good, right? I'm gonna get 12 people. Grab one from every tribe. Grab the short ones, the tall ones, the big ones, the small ones. Get some people from every tribe. We are not alone in this thing because the struggle is universal, church. What you are experiencing, others have experienced. Man, we need to fellowship with one another because somebody else has a memorial that you need to see. Somebody else has experienced something from the Lord that you need to experience through them. That's what this memorial thing is all about. It isn't about sitting and looking in reverse all day and just reminiscing about the good old days, which is very easy to get stuck in. But friends, I want to tell you that someday, today is going to be the good old days. Someday, we are going to look back at today as difficult as all of the various things that we have going on. And especially a, as a church, a lot of movement going on, a lot of um, stretching our faith and all that. There's going to come a time we're going to look back and we're going to say those were the good old days. Man, do you remember when... Do you remember when Chachi used to get out there when it was pitch black? 
Do you remember that time we came out there and, and uh, John never showed up that day and the place was just up in a, up? I, I actually think he's shown up every time, okay? So that was, it's a little bit of humor. The, the struggle is universal, isn't it? Everybody's got to go through it. And we want to we wanna piggyback on the memorials of other people. We want to know that Jehovah Jireh, the God that has provided for somebody in the tribe of Judah, is my God. I have Jehovah Jireh. I have Jehovah Rapha, the God who healed that guy over by Eli's tent. Jehovah Rapha, that's my God too. And I saw what he did over there, and I know he can heal me today. Man, can you say, I know God can heal me. Church, healing comes in a lot of different forms. There's a lot of things that that need to be healed. I know that he's Jehovah Nissi. I know that he is the Lord, my banner. He's that gathering place that we all gather under. He's that common denominator that brings us all together. The Lord, our banner. We get him on this, on this pile of stones. We're building a memorial that people can look at. God wants everybody involved. Man, there are some people that have specialized assignments. I wouldn't in a billion years want to do or take on the weight that John has. He's uniquely gifted for that position. He's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, I think you, if you knew, I think you got to be a little bit crazy. But So thank you for your craziness. This is a memorial to me. Key number three, this is a good one. The reward exceeds the struggle. The reward exceeds the struggle. Oh, that's an important one. Joshua 4, 3 says, go before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Now he's pulling these stones out of the middle, that's where the priests were standing. Why do you think he bothered doing that? Why, why wouldn't he just say, hey, go grab some stones from along the edge there, whatever's convenient and, and close, and, and grab one. Each of you go ahead and grab one. But he says, no, I want you to take the time needed to walk the, the 50 or 75 yards it's going to take you out into the middle of the riverbed and get your stones from the middle of the bed. Anybody have a thought. I have a thought. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I have a thought. I, th I think, and we're just going to leave it at this is what he thinks. I think God wanted a reminder of the deepest part of this issue. That God wanted them to recall the most difficult part of the terrain. That this thing was supposed to represent the most troubling, the most trying, the hardest part of the journey. You know, when God brings us through something, we always need to know if the reward exceeds the struggle. It's natural. I mean, if you go to, if you go to work, Rob, and, and somebody's going to have you put in a 12-hour day, which is cool, right? 12-hour day, no problem. And then you say, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm a hard worker, but by the way, what's the, what's the gig pay? You know, what's Oh man, it's uh, it's like two dollars an hour. Yeah, twelve dollars two. Oh, wait a minute, two dollars an hour, twelve dollars, twelve hours a day. This is twenty four dollars for the whole day. 
The reward doesn't exceed the struggle. Well, I'll tell you, if you've got to slog through 1,600 Jordan rivers in your life, 1,600 overflown flood stage rivers in your life, can I tell you that the plans that God has prepared for those that love him far exceed anything that we could ask or think and even dream about. The reward exceeds the struggle. I want you to remember that the reward exceeds the struggle. I, I know what it's like to live with chronic issues. And I know that there's a lot of people in here with various chronic issues. The reward exceeds the struggle. I, I'm not one of those guys that likes to always talk about the, the, the sweet by and by and someday over a hilltop, you know, I got a mansion. I mean, we need help for here and now, don't we? We need help for here and now. It's great to know that there's a mansion over a hilltop, but I need a God that's gonna be with me today. And that's what we're talking about, a God that lives with us and breathes with us and lives in us and moves in us and through us. The struggle isn't as great as the reward, church. Even our faith, do you have faith? Do you have faith? In the Lord, do you have faith in Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts? That's a military term. The Lord of hosts, we've probably all heard it. That's a military term, that he's the general. He's the one in charge. I've got a memorial of him winning some battles for me. I want to be honest with you. I mean, I could use some of those victories, you know, recently here, Terry. I have a few things I'm trying to work through and figure out and and I could use that God that untied all those knots for me back then. But you know what? I know it's just a matter of time. I know it's just a matter of time because he's going somewhere. He didn't pull me out of Egypt to leave me in the desert. So I have faith, even our faith in the God that did this is the God that will do this. He is Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah means the Lord who is there. He is the Lord who is here, not some cold, dead idol that we have on a platform, not some person that we read about in a book. You know, that happens a lot in the faith. We, we hear about the Lord, we, we read about the Lord, we may even do some of the, the godly things, but the Lord wants to live in us and he wants to live through us and he, and he wants to move in us and be a part of us on a daily, daily way. The Lord who is there is the God who will be there and there and there. Will you remember? Reverse isn't only for gear shifts, is it church? Key number four, the struggle isn't for just me. Sometimes when we look at this, that may sound like the other one where it's the struggle is universal. This is, this is different when I say the struggle isn't just for me. A lot of times we've been talking in some of our Trust the Process series and some of those other ones about God working in us through these difficulties and, and causing us to call on him and, and to learn more about him. But here's what we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody else, okay? Listen, in Joshua 4, 6, he says, in the future, when somebody asks you, what is that? Man, the memorial drew some attention. 
The memorial was a talking point. Now, I'm going to really get crazy right now, okay? I know my time is running out here. I'm going to get really crazy as we wrap this up. You see, you see this here? Now, most of you who know me knew that this was not here when I got here two years ago, right? This is all, all new. Can I tell you that this has opened up more conversations about the things of God and about church? I think of anything I've ever used in my entire life. And that was the point. Some of my religious friends, they don't, they don't get it. They don't need to talk about the Lord and see a tattoo. But you know what? I've seen probably 20 people in the last six or eight months that have opened up to me and told me about this thing and that thing and that thing that started with my memorial. Which started with my stones. Now it's not for everybody, I get it. The struggle isn't mine alone. In the future, when your kids ask you, what do they mean? Tell them the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the Lord of the covenant. Church, will you remember to remember? Can you start making a memorial so that when things go south tomorrow, and they will, it's just the nature of the whole thing. Am I telling the truth, Travis? Make a memorial. Jehovah Shalom, the, the Lord is my peace. The Lord is my peace. El Olam, the Lord is the everlasting God. This isn't just a temporary thing. He's the, he's the everlasting God. What has God done in your life, church? Has he delivered you? Has he brought you out? Has he brought you a partner that's supportive to you? Has he given you healthy children? Do you have food in your cupboards when you go home? Do you have a couple of bucks where you can pay your electric bill? What has God done for you? Will you make a memorial? Will you stack up some stones so that you can say to the generations that ask you, what's going on here? Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about what God has done. Let me tell you about what God did so that you can have faith too. Remember to remember. The struggle is universal. The reward exceeds the struggle. And the struggle isn't mine alone, but it's for somebody else who views it. Some of us here today may have no experience with the things of God. Some of us watching at home, some of us sitting there listening at home, this may all be new to you. This may all be something that you've never heard before. Well, you know today is the day that you can set up your first stone. Today is the day that you can look back at in the future and say, this is when the Lord touched me. This is when I first had faith in Almighty God. Church, let's just bow our heads here today. Let's pray together. At home, we want you to pray with us. We want you to pray with us. If you want something new in your life, if you want to begin following the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time, slip up a hand and show us that you want to make a decision to follow God, that you want to start putting some stones down that are meaningful in your life. At home, if this is your first time that you're having an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and you're making a decision to serve and to follow him, will you throw a comment up there and just say, I decided, so that we can reach out to you? Heavenly Father, I pray for our good people here today, oh God. 
I pray that today would be the first day of a new time in you, Lord. Build those stones. Remind us, Lord, of what you've done for us. God, so that our faith is big and it's strong and it's current and so that we can learn to walk in victory. Church, I just want to remind you today before we leave that reverse isn't just for gear shifts, is it? Reverse isn't just for gear shifts. We love you guys. We're going to be back here next week, same time. Go with the Lord today and be blessed. Amen.